0: in Singleness Episode 70
1: This is the Thriving in Singleness podcast where it's not about surviving but thriving in this chapter of your life. Here are your hosts, Tom DeLong and Joshua Erickson how's it going? What do you think of that episode we just wrapped Dude, it up?
0: That was that was a really great episode. I always just I just love the different guests that that come on and join yeah. us for this podcast and there's always something new to to be able to draw from. So, yeah. I mean Ma- Megan's Megan's awesome. She's she's doing, you know, incredible things with her uh with her coaching and she had a lot of good insight to share just about like surrender and like what it looks like to mm-hmm you know, live in expectation while living in that surrender. So that's, it's, it's a tough and delicate balance, you know, but she she discussed it well.
1: It was really cool to see, uh, like one of her focuses was perspective and, you know, Mm -hmm. what do we focus, what do you focus on as a, as a single person? And that's so important because really a lot of things that, you know, you struggle with as a single person is so much where your focus is, what are your, You know what are your motives? It's all the hard issues, right? That's yeah. And a lot of times you can alleviate a lot of the struggles by changing where your thoughts are focused and and what Mm -hmm. do you you know where where do you spend the most of your time? um, Just thinking, what what is the areas you think about the most? And really being able to surrender that to God is so important. And I think we were able to touch Mm -hmm. on that.
0: Yeah, and I think I so often ask people, like, you know, what's what's your life going to look like if God calls you into a lifetime of singleness? And, and I always feel like I'm throwing a, a rock in a glass house for each person that I ask that because that's that's what it did for me. It really shook me up. Uh, but it's an important one. And I think she definitely explained it very well of, you know, yeah. where you balance in in that surrender while living in expectation of of where – you feel God is calling you. So, it, and you know, and, and what you're praying for and you know, what you're, what you have in your prayer journal. And and so I think that's definitely an incredible, uh, incredible way that she, she shared that. So, so it was, it was yeah. really
1: solid. I loved her answer. And I, and I love mm-hmm. like what you're saying with the throwing a rock in a glass house, because if your whole life can kind of be shattered by one question, yeah, that's a very telling sign that you need to reevaluate or, or look at what's going on because I know when I start asking myself that question, it's a scary question to ask, but there's more growth that comes out of that question than hurt. Mm -hmm. Like once you actually start facing it, you realize the importance of that question. It's not about actually being single for the rest of your life or embracing that it's about your fears. It's about how much you trust God, how much of your life have you actually given him?
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's so true. And it's, it, Nobody wants to really encounter that possibility. And and that's where yeah, it it'll it'll shatter you. It'll it'll cause you to and of course, you know, depending on where your heart's at it depends on how much it'll shatter you. Like how, how much have yeah. you laid that desire, that that idolization for a marriage, you know, how how much have you put that in the forefront versus, you know, where God has you right now, what he's doing in your life, what the potential is for your life if you continue in the direction in singleness and so it's uh, yeah i'm gonna keep asking yeah. it. it's an important and one I, people are going to answer it differently
1: and i really think what we're actually doing with that question is we're throwing a rock at an idol of marriage that's really what's mm-hmm. happening yes yeah. and people are so afraid of that idol breaking because then yeah. they won't know what to do and they have to really trust god because what happens if that idol is no longer there what if god doesn't have someone for me that's yeah. really the thing that's at risk. And I know in my own life, growing up and f- facing that question, that's the thing that you're trying to, in a sense, protect is, no, this, is, this must be what God has for me because that's mm-hmm. what I've determined rather than God telling me that this is what, has, hey, what he has for me. Because for years I searched in the Bible that, oh, marriage must be guaranteed. These are the things that God promises about marriage. But it wasn't there. And yeah. I was the one trying to pre- like create that idol and protect it and make it exist. And God was always trying to, in a sense, say, I don't want this from you, or I don't want this for you to be an idol. I want it to be a blessing. And that's why that question is so key, because it's really just reflects the heart. It's a mirror to really show people what, um, what's going on.
0: Yeah. And, you know, people will say it's easy to be the guy with a wedding ring on his finger, you know, throwing that rock in that glass house. I mean, and it's, and it's easy, you know, of Man, that that was that was a life-changing question that was thrown in my glass house, man. That house shattered. That house shattered. Not in that moment, but it it led into the the coming weeks where that house just just shattered and and just went down to complete nothingness. And that was an important part of of my growth and my ability to remove it as an idol in my life. And you know, and I look back, you know, if God still had me a single right now. I I think my enthusiasm towards singleness would still be just as high. You know, I think I'd still be just as excited about it because I know I'd be doing some really cool and awesome things with it because in my singleness, I was doing some really cool and awesome things with it. I, I held merit. I held marriage as an idol during that time for most of it. But by the time I dropped it, 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 it started feeling even better. Like I was, I was even more ready to chase after it, but you know, God's timing is the best timing. I'm going to maximize wherever He has me, and uh, and He's He's good. He's so good above all things. He really is. Yep. So, yeah. But man, awesome! Like, uh, yeah. Enough talk about this episode. Let's go ahead and uh, let's bring in Megan Skies. Megan, how you doing today?
2: Doing great, thanks. How are you? Uh,
0: I'm super stoked to be here. It's a good day. It is a good day. Yeah, Josh is sick, so he's he's uh he's doing what he can over there. I'm
1: here, uh, so yeah, I'm just here for moral support and where I can fill in. But yeah, yeah, I'm hanging in there. I'm doing good.
0: You you don't sound too bad, honestly. Like when when you texted me, you had a cold. I was like, I was like, oh bummer. But like, you you sound all right. You're doing okay. It
1: it comes and goes, you know. Sometimes my nose is completely plugged, and I'm just coughing. And sometimes I'm okay. So all right, hanging in there. It's like the weather. It's like bad weather. Yeah. So you'll be muting the
2: mm-hmm.
0: microphone as yeah, you need to. So. See me coughing in the background. <laughs> yeah. <packing> up along. <laughs> Nice. So Megan, where uh where do you live? Where do you call home?
2: Uh Orlando, Florida. That's Orlando. where I'm at right now. All
0: right. Mm-hmm. Is it is it warm there?
2: It is ungodly hot oh, this time man. of year. <laughs> oh man. It's like hundred percent humidity here. So oh, yes. yeah, it's pretty toasty. So it's like yeah. you
0: can't even tell if you're sweating or if it's just the air. It's just <laughs> yeah. like
2: you step outside, and it's sticking like, to you. <laughs>
0: yeah. I don't know if step I step
2: do. It. I don't remember if I was swimming.
0: You know, yeah. It's just super humid. I don't know if I could do, or uh, I don't know if I could do Florida in the summer. I've never, I've been there in the winter a few times, but yeah, summer I don't know. Yeah. I haven't tried it. We're hanging in
2: there. We're counting yeah. down the days till uh, the fall comes.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. And then it, then it's perfect. Then you get to brag.
2: Yeah, exactly. That awesome. one week of cool weather. we yeah. happy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, Megan, tell us a little bit about yourself and, and what you do.
2: Sure. Well, I am 26 and I own my own life coaching business where I lead women into freedom, emotional, spiritual, relational freedom. Um, I started that about a few months ago. Um, I also just have such a heart for women. So I'm involved in, you know, leading women and young adults and in Mm -hmm. youth and mentor. And that's just kind of my whole life. Um, I've always been that that helper friend, that that mom friend where I just am so people-oriented. So I've kind of made that my career. Yep, live in Florida, love my family and love to travel a lot. I grew up traveling all over the world, Uh, lived in Hong Kong and in Paris. And so it just... I grew up loving people. And so mm-hmm. I love that that's my career now too.
0: That's cool. That's really yeah. awesome. And that's then, me in a
2: nutshell. In a nutshell.
0: <laughs> that's really cool. The, yeah. the coaching. And, and so, uh, so you do you run across a lot of people like in, in singleness, struggling with their singleness in coaching? What are, the, what are the things you might see most in that?
2: Absolutely. Yeah. There's so many women that I come across that struggle in singleness and women who are in relationship that are – longing to be in singleness because we just kind mm. of approach it wrong, right? Because yeah. I found that across the board, if we don't have this one thing, our identity in Christ completely as our foundation, we've gone wrong, whether it's in singleness or in relationship. And so, yeah, there's there's a lot of women that I that I coach and walk life with who are struggling and, and uh or thriving <laughs> but yeah. but mainly mainly um longing for peace in their singleness. And so mm-hmm. that's something that I, I kind of partner with them in mm-hmm. and saying, you know, I'm there. I've been yeah. there. I, I hear you. I'm walking it with you. But that's definitely a day-to-day thing for yeah. sure.
0: Yeah, definitely. Now, and is singleness something that like you particularly struggle with? Is that something that you feel like you, you've struggled with in the past or, or or how has that changed for you?
2: It's definitely changed. I used to struggle with it so much. I used to see singleness as a burden or yeah. something that I was doing wrong. You know, it was almost a form of punishment. Like, God, am I am I missing out? Did I do something wrong in order for me to be single? And I just had such a skewed uh, mindset, just not a full understanding of the beauty of singleness. So God has definitely worked that out of me. And I think I'm pressing more into this year, mm-hmm. a new understanding, a fresh perspective of what singleness is. And I think the Lord has been teaching me that there is such a unique beauty in the freedom of being single. There's so yeah. much that God wants to work out and work through in that time. And, and I've definitely seen that true in my life in this time of singleness.
0: Was that like a slow transition to get to that place? Or was it like a sudden, just like life-changing moment? Like something mm-hmm. hit you, God just like pushed you to the point of surrender? Like, like how did that happen for you? Because I know it's different for everybody.
2: Yeah, 100%. Yeah, for me it was... One moment for sure. It was definitely a stark moment of pain. I can tend to be a bit stubborn, and the Lord knows mm-hmm. that. So I pushed my will, you know, and in in, um, in relationship, and it was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pursue this, and I'm gonna have my way, and I'm going to um, kind of force God's hand. And it ended up me just being completely un- unsatisfied and unhappy and broken. And it came to that point where God said will you listen to me now? Will you listen to what mm. I have to say about singleness? You've done it your way, but yeah. let me do my way. Let me have my will. And let me show you that there's such beauty if you just give it to me. Because what I was trying to do in my singleness is, is have my way and think I know what's best and mm-hmm. and um just a lot of pride in that. And so the Lord was like, you just need to surrender it. And I'm going to show you that there's such beauty. And then I actually have so much more for you right now because um, I don't think you would see marriage as the blessing that it is because your your perspective isn't right. You're not yeah. seeing things through the lens of the way that he's created it to be. I was seeing it through my own lens. Um, so God really had to break that lens and give me a new mm-hmm. one. But that kind of came from a moment of pain and me kind of forcing my will on God.
1: That's so yeah. important. With your kind of maybe that, that moment um, of breaking or that moment of pain, have you seen maybe that creep up in, like in, you know, recent like I guess what does that look like going forward for you? Is that something that you mm. still have to in a sense be aware of the struggle of singleness and and kind of that. You know, cuz I think even in my own life there's there's definitely points of victory, but then there's continued points of choosing to walk in that victory. So I was just curious what that looks like for you. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I totally relate to that. Mm. I mean, it's it's definitely not a linear journey. And I think yeah. a lot of us, myself included, put the pressure on ourselves of we have to stay linear in our in our contentment and our joy. You know, I'm happy, I'm single, and it's it's a good thing to be single. And we may know it in our head, but many times we we don't experience that in our heart. We don't feel that joy. And so it's definitely an up and down journey. There's mm-hmm. moments where I I sit in my room alone and I just have to press in and remind myself that it's gonna be okay even though it's painful even when there's moments of loneliness, even when you're questioning I mean I, I still encounter those moments of like God, what are you doing? what are you trying to show me in this season I, I feel mm-hmm. like I'm missing out and so you know those are the moments of testing for sure because it's yeah. like what do you you have a choice in that moment? what are you going to choose to press into? what are you gonna choose to believe mm-hmm. that God is is you know punishing you or that he's trying to teach you something? But those moments are hard, 100%. Yeah. And I, I definitely still experience those. But what I find is when I choose to press in, even if I don't feel it, choose to press into the truth that, okay, God, you're, you're doing something in my life and you're trying to teach me. You're trying to grow me into the woman, uh, into the wife that I know you've called me to be. Mm-hmm. It changes everything. And it may not be an immediate feeling, but it's definitely a distinct choice. Mm-hmm. You know, like we I said, you know, previously when we were chatting before this call is just, it's all about what you fix your focus on. It's yeah. so true because if you are fixated on the expectations of the world or even the expectations of your family, you know, mm-hmm. I've been in those situations where yeah. you go to family gatherings and they're, Megan, why aren't you married yet? Or you know, are you yeah. dating anyone? Or or yeah. when are you? When is that going to happen? That creates such pressure. And if we give way into to fixating on that, to to letting all of our attention and focus be on the pressure of the world, the pressure of others, we will end up feeling so unsatisfied, so empty, feel like we're lacking. Mm-hmm. But it's important just to kind of tune out those voices and that noise, and I'd say it just all comes down to choices, distinctly saying no, distinctly turning our our lenses or our perspectives away from those things and saying, no matter what I feel, no matter what I'm thinking, I choose to trust you, God. And that's hard.
0: Yeah. So I can understand, like, you know, the pressure of the family. They always want to see... They they always want to see uh, you being able to find a relationship and and mm-hmm. go through the process of, of of relationship and dating, engaged, marriage. Uh, they always want to see that. But you know, I mean, what are your thoughts as far as just the the, the pressures that come along with with uh, with family and even the church? You know, there there can be pressure oh, in the yeah. church. And you know, I mean, is is that a healthy pressure? Is it an unhealthy pressure? I mean, sometimes you ask a question It's just like completely out of somebody's control. You know, you can't control when God has the right person to come into your life. You can't control whether you are called to a lifetime of singleness. Yeah. And, and so that, that can be difficult. And sometimes it can put some, put some salt in an open wound in some cases.
2: Yeah, totally. And I even think it's, it's. I would actually kind of shift the question on its head. It's not necessarily that the pressure is healthy or unhealthy, mm-hmm. whether the motive is good or bad externally. It's it's how we receive it, yeah. right? It's it's in the way, the the weight at which we hold that pressure. You know, do we take that person's questioning of our of our singleness like mm-hmm. to heart? Do we let it affect us? Do we let it plague our day? Do we let it make us depressed and alone? To what weight are we holding people's opinions, right? Yeah. And I think that it comes into question like what's really important to us? Whose voices are we listening to the most? And, and that affect us to the point of where we change our lives, right? God's God's perspective, God's voice needs to be at the top. Mm-hmm. So even though family may have good motives, if they're coming at you with this pressure, you're responsible for your reaction to that.
1: Mm-hmm. And
2: And what I've learned is like in the way in which you see people – really helps you receive things better because many times like I'll I'll have questions from family and and I'll see that their motives are good and I can let it affect me, but I'll I'll stop and take a moment and say, you know, they're coming from a place of love. And so with that, I can shift my perspective. It almost creates like a bumper where you're Mm -hmm. like, wow, they're not coming at me. They're not putting pressure on me. They're coming from a place of love. And that Mm -hmm. works the opposite way as well. Maybe their motives aren't right. Maybe they want to create pressure and and put intimidation, whatever. Mm -hmm. But if you evaluate that, you use that discernment to say, you know what, this person's coming from a wrong motive. That's on them. Mm -hmm. But it's on me, the way I respond to it, the way I allow myself to have a reaction to it. And that shifts everything. Because that creates a peace in your heart to say, you know, I'm working in that discernment. I have understanding and I have trust that god has me in the right place no matter what anybody says
0: yeah yeah absolutely
2: yeah
0: you know i used to tell people when they'd ask me like why i hadn't found a girlfriend yet <laughs> i used to tell them that because it's, it's difficult finding someone as awesome as i am <laughs> so then, then of course like when i do meet my wife like in, in texting conversation the next day, she literally told me she was the most awesomest thing that got put on the planet. So it was like, okay, it's kind of a, kind of a head turner. So just a funny way how, how God kind of, you know, plays out the the jokes you put out there. I mean, it it was like half joking, half prideful, but like, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of how I, I, I pushed back on that, but
2: yeah. And sometimes you got to laugh at it too, because uh, sometimes it is a, Point of pain and you're like you know what mm-hmm. i don't have all the answers that's that's something i respond with you know people will, will say you know megan why don't you have somebody and you're so great or you know you're a good friend or whatever that compliment is and i respond with you know what i'm not in charge <laughs> i don't yeah. know what's going on when you figure it mm-hmm. out let me know yeah you know, that's kind yeah. of my my response of just deflecting like you know what i don't know what's going on most of the time but i'm mm-hmm. just here doing my best
0: now I know you mentioned earlier about, you know, how God has prepared you to be a wife. And I kind of want to touch on that a little bit. I mean, what what are your thoughts as far as like, what if God calls you into a lifetime of singleness? Mm -hmm. You know, how would you feel about that?
2: Yeah, well, I think when God calls you to something, he also provides clarity Mm -hmm. and the grace to do that. So it wouldn't necessarily be a burden. So if God does call me into that, lifelong season of singleness it'll come with clarity Mm -hmm. and it would be it would be hard um because it is the desire of my heart to have a husband Mm -hmm. but it wouldn't stop my journey to becoming a wife because what i mean by that is attaining those attributes you know allowing myself to grow up into that woman who Mm -hmm. has those qualities, who has those attributes. I don't think those qualities would ever go to waste, whether you are single or married, right? Like he who finds a wife finds a good thing. So -hmm. you don't become a wife the day you get married, you become a wife when you choose to be right. When Mm -hmm. you allow yourself to be refined by God and and attain those attributes. So if God were to call me into that, I don't think I would stop on the momentum that I'm on right now of becoming that biblical woman that's mm-hmm. who she is. She's that biblical woman who has those attributes and characteristics. And I think those are good things to have. So I think that I, I, it wouldn't stop my pursuit of that.
0: Yeah, no, that's so good. That's, and yeah, that's really good. Yeah. I mean, how do you, how do you balance between the, the, the healthy desire of being a spouse someday and, and getting, being able to get married and, and have a husband? How do you, how do you balance that desire between the contentness of where God has you right now?
2: Hmm. Very good question. Um, I think I'm still learning this.
0: Um, that's that's okay too. (laughs) That's okay. I mean, I'm not looking for you to have all the answers. Uh, I certainly don't. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um,
2: yeah, I, I think, um, yeah, the balance is, is the sweet spot that I'm, I'm Mm -hmm. learning to, to get to. Um, I think it goes back to what I said earlier, it's what you pay attention to. And many times what we think about, what we meditate on, what we dream, or even like our imagination, or our fantasy, we can sit there and fantasize about, wow, what is my marriage gonna look like? What is my husband gonna look like? And it may come, Mm -hmm. you may be in the right place, but you're coming from all the wrong things. And so you can sit there and, and be daydreaming about this life that's not your reality right now and you're totally missing what God's trying to do. And so it's just a mindset of taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ and stewarding what you have right now and Mm -hmm. focusing more on what God has blessed you with, God has given you responsibility over for Mm -hmm. the now because it says don't worry about tomorrow. Don't even worry about what you're going to wear. So why focus on things that aren't in the now that, that you have no control over? So that's what God's been teaching me in regards to, balancing that because it's not bad to want those things but it's bad to fixate on them mm. to imagine them and then for them to become an idol yeah. you know, that's that's what i allowed to happen in my past i would um focus on these things that were beautiful and, and that were even godly but i would uh, let my imagination grow so much that it would take up so much time and i would miss what god was trying to show me right now
0: yeah yeah,
2: yeah. like galatians 6 9 is like my life verse right now in this season Mm -hmm. of like let us not grow weary and doing well good and in the proper time we will reap a harvest if we don't give up so it's just a reminder to focus on stewarding what you have right now Mm -hmm. and not fixating on the future
1: that's such a good reminder for those in singleness because especially we talked about it earlier is this this it's almost like this you know, what they call it a waiting season, right? It's like, oh, I'm waiting for something to happen. And so often you hit pause on the person you're becoming or the person God's calling you to be. And I've even even seen that in my own life. It's so easy to get caught up in what is God going to do rather than what is he doing right now in me and what is he Mm -hmm. calling me to do? Because you're missing out on some of the biggest things that God wants to do in your life right now if you're always looking for the future plans that God has for you. And I think a lot of not just single people, people in general, it's so easy for us to get caught up in the future because the now actually asks us to do something. The future, there's nothing there that we have to do right now. Like that's kind of what we get caught up in. Oh, one day I'll do this. One day I'll do that. And God's always asking us, trust me right now. Do this right now. Take this step right now. And for single people and even anyone, but I think it's especially important to, you know, Grav- gravitate to the moment right in front of you because that might be the moment that changes your life or sets you on a path where mm-hmm. you find more purpose and you find more meaning but it's tough to get caught up in the oh I haven't found someone yet so I'm not going to do anything
2: that's so good yeah, you can miss exactly what God's trying to teach you in the moment and like you said becoming the person that he's trying to mold you into yeah. and, and that will bless your spouse but if you miss that then how long will that delay that journey right that's what i think of
0: yeah and there's there's so many yeah. things in in singleness where you know doing it well prepares you to do marriage better and it's so important to do these things well in your singleness and even if you don't get married which i always got to put that if out there because there is that real possibility that i think it's healthy to get comfortable with and you know, even if you don't, like, that's still going to improve you greatly and, and draw you closer to God. And, you know, if you're doing your singleness well, you're able to, you know, in, in your marriage, like, last last thing you want is, like, being in your marriage and being like, man, like, I did not steward that time well. You know, you don't want to look back and, and feel any regret about how you spent your time, about how you uh, – you know, the things, the opportunities you didn't take that were in front of you. And, and that's where, you know, doing the different things that, you know, like, like you mentioned about, you know, preparing to be a wife, you know, those things are going to be healthy for you, even just as an individual, even if God doesn't call you into marriage, it's going to improve you greatly as a person. And, and those are some important things to focus on. And, uh, you know, I, I don't, I'm glad I don't come at this podcast full of of regrets of like, man, you guys don't know how good you have it. Like, you have all the great things in the world, and marriage is not that great. Like, no, I can speak to how wonderful marriage mm-hmm. is, and like how great it is, and and how well I I managed to do my singleness. You know, there's things I certainly could have done better, and um, but it's it's good to just you know to to maximize that singleness and and maximize where God has you. Uh, in every part of your life, you know, one thing I kind of I did not get to experience was was what what it looks like after that surrender. You know, a lot of people, you know, like yourself, you you, you hit that surrender, but then then you kind of you know hit the, hit this plane of you know times you gotta gotta lean into God, times you got to you know feel feel great about where He has you, and and it's kind of it can be a roller coaster, and that's something I unfortunately don't get to speak to very well, but, Mm -hmm. um, I'm not going to go and doubt God's timing because if I did, maybe I wouldn't have this long passion for, for singleness and still desire to do this podcast. I don't know, but yeah. yeah.
2: I love what you said about how there is such beauty and joy and happiness in marriage Mm -hmm. because, um, that's so true. And I, mm-hmm. I, I think it's awesome that you don't look back with regret. And that's part of the reason why I'm so determined to make the most out of this time because I don't know when it's going to stop. Yeah. And I, like you said, I don't want to look back with regret. And mm-hmm. I think there's this perspective that a lot of people have. I know I used to have this that marriage is the pinnacle of life, right? You've made it if you get married. You, yeah. you have purpose when you're, you're married. You have identity and you're, you're worthy, Mm-hmm. But the truth is that marriage doesn't make you happy. The purpose of marriage is not my happiness. You know, the purpose of marriage is to glorify God. Yeah. The, the purpose of life is to glorify God. And so in my singleness, why should that be any different? Mm-hmm. I shouldn't, you know, focus on having this, this heart of like longing or complaining of God, why, why is this happening and this sucks because that's not biblical. So I'd yeah. rather do do it all Bible. I'd rather go about yeah. it all biblical, you know, yeah. and, and look back and say, you know what, God, I stewarded that so well. And I'm, I'm being blessed because of it. I mm-hmm. grew up with my mom always saying, I'm not going to give up my blessing for something so little, you know, like not, not paying full, like little accountability things. Like she'd, she'd see someone drop a $5 bill and she'd go and pick it up and give it to them. Mm-hmm. And they'd be, oh, wow, why'd you do that? She's like, I'm not willing to give up my blessing for something so little. So that mentality is like, I want to steward this and not give up my blessing in marriage because I, I didn't steward my singleness well. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I think so often people don't realize that what you do in your singleness, you bring directly into your marriage. Yeah. So if you're not willing to be content in mm-hmm. you know the tough times and the hard times, well, guess what? You're missing out on the opportunity mm-hmm. to learn that lesson for when you do get into marriage. You're going to have the same situations like I don't think there's a, like the situations that you find yourself as a in as a person are very much separate from your actual circumstances. You're going to find yourself in hard times. You're going to find yourself in lonely times, anxious times, difficult financial times, difficult you know health related issues, those, those things. It, your, your relationship status is not going to really dictate that the, the necessarily the outcome you're like you brought up earlier the perspective the person you are in your singleness is the person you bring into your marriage yeah and i know i felt i fell into this when i was growing up and in my early 20s you have this this belief that you're going to become some type of great person just because you get into a relationship Mm
0: -hmm. and
1: then you get into a relationship you're like wow i don't know what i'm doing the relationship yeah. version of myself is worse than the single version of myself. So <laughs> there's always growth. Like you can't separate yourself from your situations. And I think yeah. that's why singleness You shouldn't really focus on who you are as a single person necessarily. Because then one day you'll focus on who you are as a married person. You need to focus on who you are as a person in your singleness and then in your marriage. Like you got to kind of break it up to this is just who I am and who is the person mm-hmm. I, that God's calling me to be and and what is God calling me to but it's so easy to get caught in this belief that oh because you know one day when I get into a relationship then I will be so different and i think a lot of people believe that lie and you know it's yeah. talked about a lot in in different uh i think conversations podcasts sermons that just you know if you deal with something in singleness it's not it's not going to go away when you get married
0: yeah so yeah, good. marriage is not going to fix your loneliness. It's not going to fix your porn problem. It's not going to fix yeah. your finances. I mean, it's it's that's why we have so much emphasis on on doing that singleness well. You know, it, Josh said it so well. I mean, doing uh, having that health in your singleness, you know, brings that health into marriage, and it's so true. You know, because yeah. it's it's putting a lot of weight on a person if you if you're going to expect them. To be the ones to fix all your problems because that's just going to bring a lot of, a lot of unhealthiness into a marriage.
2: Yeah, one hundred percent. You know, if you're not sing, mm-hmm. if you're not happy as a single person, you're not going to be happy as a married person. Yeah, right. And and I've always heard it said that marriage isn't a solution; it's actually an exposer of of yeah. what's inside of you. It just reveals and and kind of squeezes out through the pressures of life and the and the pressure mm-hmm. of marriage. You know, marriage is is hard it has its challenges and Mm -hmm. it it, it is a blessing but yeah it's you can't keep things hidden in a marriage that's that's not the way god designed it so what you have in singleness gets exposed in marriage so i think that's why we need to shift our perspective of you know marriage is gonna solve everything and it's gonna make my life better and i'm gonna be so much happier it's like no, Mm -hmm. get content now find identity now become that woman or man of god that he's calling you into
0: yeah, and one way I do, de-
2: well,
0: keep go going, ahead. keep going.
2: I was just going to say like one way I, I actively steward that is I have a prayer journal that mm-hmm. are specific prayers about becoming a wife and for my future husband. So it's like a mm-hmm. mix of, of prayers for him and prayers for me. Yeah. It's just that active reminder to steward this, this process. Well,
0: yeah. And you know, in reality, going from singleness to marriages, like, The challenges don't go away. The challenges just change. And so Mm -hmm. it depends on how you approach those challenges in singleness. That helps you prepare for how you're going to approach the challenges in marriage. So in your singleness, it's good to teach yourself how to approach those challenges, how to handle those challenges well. And that's going to help you be healthier in your marriage in a sense of learning to Work together in overcoming the challenges that you face in marriage. So, yeah, it, it's it definitely comes full circle. You know, uh, people look at marriage and, and they think like, you know, life gets easy at that point, and that's not it. You know, challenges they they shift. You know, it's it's going to be different, but you know that's that's why it's so important to, to just do the singleness well and, and take those challenges head on and and steward that time well. Yeah. And so you keep a prayer journal for for yourself and for your future husband and and so do, do you think that's very healthy to to keep that kind of a prayer journal?
2: Absolutely. Uh it's completely shifted my singleness.
0: Oh, yeah? Uh and it's so?
2: changed the way that I've yeah, the way I approach it. I think there's no better way to go through life than than through prayer, right? And yeah. so Instead of talking about it with friends or getting advice and or just sharing, you know, my thoughts and and where I'm at in singleness, I just take it all to God. I'm yeah. like, look, God, you care about the little things. You care about how I'm feeling, my burdens, the heaviness, the loneliness, God, the confusion. Just take it all. And so I I, I put that in this journal, and but it's also me actively reminding God of his promise. Mm -hmm. Uh, when I, when I open up that prayer journal, it's like reminding the Lord, Lord, you've spoken this over me, God, that you have called me to this, that, you know, I've received prophetic words of my future husband. So here I am again, good morning. I'm reminding you of that Mm -hmm. because he loves to be reminded by his children of what promises he's spoken over them. So, it's me actively saying, you know, God, I trust you and, and I'm waiting on you. But, but it's also, I think going to be such a beautiful thing when I do enter into marriage to give that gift of prayers to my husband saying, Mm -hmm. I waited for you. And, And during this time where, where I was focusing on my life, I still was, was praying for you. I was still talking to God about you and wanting the best for you. And, and I think that's, that's, Really what walking out, being a wife right now looks like is being a wife, being that helpmate. Mm-hmm. Even though I don't know who he is, when he's going to come, I'm still putting that practice into play in my day-to-day life. And it is a discipline. And sometimes, you know, I have tears in my eyes as I'm cry- crying and writing these prayers out. But it's it's that discipline that's me choosing to press in and say, God, I trust you.
0: Yeah. And what do you think are the, the biggest challenges that you face in your singleness like what are the hardest times in that Hmm.
2: yeah comparison for sure because it's all around us Mm -hmm. wherever you look on social media someone's getting married someone's having a kid someone's moving on with their life and it's it's easy to get fixated on that and to compare like I face that thing Mm -hmm. Every day I open up my phone and it's facing me, you know, of yeah. comparison of what other people's, what's going on in other people's lives. So I think that that is definitely a struggle, a temptation to to mm-hmm. feed into that comparison, to question myself because of where someone else is. Yeah, it's it's definitely easy to to compare when others are in relationship and you're like, God, what about me? Yeah. <laughs> For sure.
0: Yeah. So how do you counter yeah. that?
2: Yeah, how I counter Cause, it cause is because we're
0: we're all like we're all <laughs> surrounded by social media and comparisons, and and you, you probably hit the hit the pain point that most people feel is you know scrolling through social media and seeing people where they want to be and yeah. people that they feel are are blessed and they're not feeling very blessed in the moment as they're looking at those things. I mean, mm. you know, like how how do you counter that?
2: Yeah, I've I've learned to counter it with the time that I'm not on my social media. Like I mm-hmm. press into the moments. I use that as like my training ground
1: because okay. when you're
2: in the moment, when you're when you're faced with social media, you're scrolling. It's so tempting to to get agitated, to get bitter or jealous or envious. Mm-hmm. It's right there. So I I know that those are my triggers. I know that that's where Satan will come and attack me. So I limit my social media time. Number one. Mm-hmm. Which is hard as, as yeah. a content creator, you know, where, yeah. where I'm promoting my business, right? That's mm-hmm. where you have to be. But I put up um, guardrails. You know, I do automatic posting and I, I use support systems to help me on social media because I don't want to be on it all the time. Constantly reminded with that um, temptation, right, to compare. But when I'm off my phone, I press in and I, I write down these, these reminders of he doesn't love her more than you. He -hmm. doesn't favor that person more than you. And that reminder kind of speaks to that lie in my head that, oh, well, she has something I don't or she's she's getting a blessing. And and that means that I have a burden. God doesn't see it that way. So I I write these things out and I put post-it notes literally everywhere in my Mm -hmm. car, in my room, in my closet, in my bathroom of who God says that I am. And when I see those things repeatedly, you're, you're kind of confronted with it. And so I, I choose to, to remind myself that he doesn't love that person more than you and that there's somebody for everybody. And so just because that, that woman has gotten married doesn't mean that you're not going to get your person. It's not an if-then situation. And so mm-hmm. I've, I've kind of worked on my heart in that area that it's not a if-then type of thing. And so when I see that, I'm able to to say to my heart just because she has it doesn't mean you won't. And mm-hmm. rejoice when others are rejoicing. And that's been a real discipline to just press in and be like, "You know what? Good for her. That doesn't mean mm-hmm. that. It doesn't affect me at all. It doesn't determine my future or what God has for me." It's hard. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. definitely hard. Oh, definitely tough. Yeah. But having those reminders definitely help. Because you're confronted with that truth everywhere I look, you know it's just right there. That definitely helps.
0: Yeah. And then, yeah. and then, how do you how do you balance living an expectation of a future spouse versus the potential that maybe God wants you to be single through your life?
2: Mm. I think I. Try not to speak too much for, for God. I think mm-hmm. um, my personality, I'm very extroverted and I, I yeah. love to speak. And I know that that's what God's called me into is to, yeah. to speak. And <laughs> it's it's been a learning experience with mm-hmm. my relationship with the Lord is not to speak for him, not to say yeah. something and say, you know, God's blessing this. And so I'm very careful with that in my singleness and, mm-hmm. and when I talk about my future spouse like yeah. God has this for me or, or I won't be single forever and not speaking mm-hmm. for him so that's kind of one way I balance it is just saying I don't know what he has I, I don't know what's going on most of the time but I trust that he knows me better than I know myself so I'm yeah. going to trust that and mm-hmm. just keep having that kind of posture of, of giving it back and saying I don't assumed to know that i know everything and he knows best yeah i also think i balance it through you know i keep going back to it but just fixing my focus on the now Mm -hmm. you know god hasn't done anything in the future god hasn't called me to focus on those things or to meditate on them he's given me things to steward right now and so that's what i'm going to give my all to I'm going to show him that I'm faithful with this faithful mm-hmm. with the little and he will bless me with much.
1: Yeah.
2: And, but I don't want it to get confused that I'm doing good now in order to get a blessing. I'm just mm-hmm. doing it because I love him. I'm doing yeah. it because he loves me that I know that I've been blessed with so much, mm-hmm. just that posture of gratitude that I I want to give it back to him. I want my life to be a living example of how much I love him. And mm not Not in order to manipulate God or to get something or to maybe convince him to give me my spouse sooner, mm-hmm. but just because I love Him, i want to live my life now in a way that honors him
0: yeah absolutely that's yeah. that's really good and and I don't ask that to be like hey it's never going to happen for you like i I don't want to like maybe come across <laughs> like it might not I just know when I was challenged through that question that was pressed in to me that was that was that was, that was um and not to say like you haven't like fully surrendered or or surrendered to my level, you know. Yeah. Not to say that at all. I mean, just because <laughs> like I know for me that was like the most impactful thing of like when one person finally asked me like, well, what if God calls mm-hmm. you to be single for the rest of your life? Like, you know, what's going to look like? Are you still going to trust God through that? And so it's yeah. it's good, you know, you know, and and God wants to, and and God says, you know, those who are trusted with little can be trusted with much. And, and, and you're right. We need to be faithful with how we steward everything in our lives, you know, our finances, our relationships, our time. And for it's, and it's so true, you know, God, God, those who steward the little very well, he, he provides much for, and that's, that's a really Mm -hmm. awesome thing. Yeah.
2: Yeah. You know, our response to that question you know what if you are called to be single forever
0: mm-hmm.
2: our response to that really reveals our heart posture and yeah. what we think about ourselves like that that is our mm-hmm. identity how we respond to that question you know because if if we change our behavior based off of what our marital status is and we we maybe need to check our heart and say are we you yeah. know are, is our motive wrong you know it should just be that we're just running after god no matter what our marital status is
0: yeah Absolutely, Megan. It's uh, it's been awesome having you on the podcast. So I'd love to hear. You know where can where can our listeners find you on social media?
2: Absolutely. So I have an inst two Instagram pages. One for my coaching business. It's coachmegan.lfc. dot LFC, and my personal Instagram, which is just Megan V Skis. and then Facebook just Megan Skis.
0: Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. So- and what is a favorite verse or a verse that has been on your heart lately? And I'll make sure I yeah. uh, ask that before Josh peeps in and, and tries to remind me there. Cause I saw him. I saw him going. And I'm going in a little out of order <laughs> here, too. So I was yeah. going to. I was on it. I was ready. <laughs> yeah.
2: I love it. Well, the verse is what I shared earlier, just Galatians 6 9. Mm-hmm. You know, let us not grow weary in doing good. And that's just what the Lord's been teaching me and, and keeps bringing up in my heart. So that's definitely a verse that is really relevant in my life right now.
0: Awesome. How can we be praying for you?
2: Yeah. Praying for my business, praying that God brings the right women, um, Mm -hmm. praying that there's breakthrough in these sessions with, with these clients. Yeah. And that God is just, um, that people see Jesus in me. That's, that's what I would love prayer for. Yeah. Just to look more like him.
0: All right. What are the kind of women that you would say uh, you're able to help the most? Like the ones that should should maybe check into what you offer?
2: Absolutely. So the women I help are the ones that have struggled with the things that I used to struggle with. You know, mm-hmm. women who struggle in relationship, struggle in identity, maybe come up against shame and insecurity and, and lack of direction. You know, women who want to go deeper in their relationship with the Lord. Maybe women who have struggled with an eating disorder, mm-hmm. women who come up against a lot of conflict and worry and doubt in their relationships and just really want to get connected to love and want breakthrough from the past. Maybe there was some childhood pains and wounds in their family that they really want to get freedom from. Those are the women that I love encountering and helping. Awesome. Yeah.
0: Awesome. Well, love it. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining us for this episode. It's been a blast having you, and, and I really appreciate all the all the wisdom you have to share and and all the insights.
2: Awesome. Well, thanks for having me. I had a great it's time. Good to have you. Yeah,
0: you're welcome. Yeah. So, yeah, awesome. everybody out there, we really appreciate you joining us for this episode. Be sure to like, share, subscribe, tell your friends. If you know somebody struggling in their singleness that you think they could benefit from this podcast, let them know. Share an episode with them. So, otherwise, make sure you get out there, seize the day, maximize every chapter in your life. We'll see you next episode.
2: Thanks for listening to the Thriving in Singleness podcast. Look for new episodes wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts.